Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy. And this podcast we're going to be talking about storytelling. Yeah, how to tell a good one. How to tell a good one, which I'm not very good at. Nor am I. I'm not very good at stories. No, and you know what? I remember people who are exceptionally good at telling stories. I think we all have a few people in our circle that you're just like, when they have a story to tell, everybody sort of gathers around and Mm -hmm. they pay attention. Yes, our friend Andre tells the best stories. Like He has all the elements that we're going to talk about, I think, in this podcast, right? Yeah, so we're just going to go through some of the tips. I read through a few different articles and, and just gathered up some tips on how to get better at telling stories. And So first, you're going to start with how not to tell a story, correct? Yes. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, well, I, and this is a story we told in another podcast, but I'll just sort of tell it in, in my regular Amy storytelling way. Okay, go for um, it. And I'll do an abridged version. Action. For the essence of time. Um Gee, that that was. I'm already starting out badly. Well, that's. I'm framing it up to be a bad story. Well, yeah. Once upon a time, given too much feedback and background. Anyway, go ahead. Once upon a time, Jeff and Amy, those that's us. We went on a kayak trip down a river, and it was really uh, a long kayak excursion, like two hours. Very foreboding. And there was a storm, and yeah. um, and then we finished up, and we got out safely. <laughs> wow, that is a crappy story. There was no beginning. <laughs> wow, there was a beginning and an end. That's you know funny. what? One thing I'm really great at, honey, it's telling a bad story. Yeah, and so a bad joke. Let's talk about then how to tell a better story. Well, that's right. And the difference between people who seem interesting and people who don't often is their ability to turn experiences into compelling stories, that's so they right. can make the mundane seem. You know, interesting just by and how you know how they recount their their experiences. I have to say, just before we start, that there was this really fantastic uh, skit on the Mister Show. A show. Did we watch a lot of those? I think we might have back in the day because I had them on uh, you know disc or whatever. But anyways, uh, there's this one where there's What's it's a, a black disc, and, honey? it's a black <laughs> it's, it's a black and white kind of like you know spoof on the adventurer that comes back from this long adventure and starts to tell a story and his story starts like and there i was in africa you know blah 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 and then he leans on the on the same shelf in every part of the story and then everything falls off the shelf and it ruins the story and i just love that and then he's like <clears throat> they do another take of it and then he he leans on the same shelf i know you're you're not impressed but if you watched it it was really funny is it the look it's, on my face? Yeah. Just, I'm not impressed. Yeah. No, this is one of the don'ts of storytelling. <clears throat> don't look at people in the face? No, don't. Don't tell the story. Yeah. Don't <laughs> tell kidding. the I'm story. I'm just kidding. We're recording this on Father's Day and I'm being oh, yeah. really nasty. I know. Some Father's Day. Jeez. Happy Father's Day, honey. Thank you very much. I love being a father. <laughs> You're an amazing one. All right. Back to the... Uh, I don't know. What were you even talking about there? Mr. Show? Mr. Okay. Show, yeah. If you want, yeah. You you want to, to check it. out Mr. Show, Google it. Don't try yeah. to look it up on some d- fancy fandangled disc from the Yeah, that you downloaded a long time ago. <laughs> don't do that anymore. So it's true. Some people do have like a natural storytelling ability. And uh, they're, you know, just they're just good at it from birth, I guess. Coming into the womb, telling the story of their birth. 
Same with joke tellers. <laughs> That's right. But there's a, but anybody can learn the craft of storytelling. I need to learn it. Teach me. According to the Harvard Business Review, in mm-hmm. our information-saturated age, you won't be heard unless you're telling stories. So if you're just giving out facts and figures um, and all the rational things that we think are important, uh, those things won't stick in the mind of the listeners. It's stories that create sticky memories. And I'm using quotations here on this, around the sticky memories. But, it is true. But really by attaching emotions to things, mm-hmm. uh, it helps people create a memory and, and hold on to something. And that really made me think about the idea of fables. You know, when yes. you're trying to teach Aesop's morals fables. or yeah, exactly or lessons to children, you don't just say, you know, oh, sour grapes. You know, yeah. you tell the whole story about the... You tell the whole story about the 45 people that had their heads cut off and, you know... <laughs> Like that's serious. Remember reading uh, Grimm's fairy oh, tales? Oh my and god, that was a horrible. Th- there was book. one you refused to read to him, and what 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 one was it? We actually threw the book out. I think we didn't want anybody other kid to it read it. It was horrible. There was a well. There was an image of what these, was it? Uh, this <clears throat> man had killed all his wives, and it had an image of them all hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yes, like, that's right. In a closet or something. <laughs> Whatever that was. It was horrible. Do you remember the story? I know. I, I don't normally destroy books, but that particular I don't remember which what nursery <laughs> rhyme it was, but it was horrific, and I. I don't normally destroy books, but this one I was like, I can't have another child come across this. And the, it gave me nightmares. It's the ancient version of Scared Straight. <laughs> it really I is. I was like, this is going straight into the garbage. Yeah, that's funny. I may have recycled it, but... <laughs> you left some left it as a, a nightmare bit. for some other kid? Didn't burn it in the backyard Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> style or anything. Um but yeah, so definitely, when you put a story around a lesson or any kind of information that you're trying to give, it definitely sticks better. And we're actually, apparently, programmed through evolutionary biology to be both consumers and creators of stories. So it definitely can be something that's, uh, you know, a learned. Well, if you thing. think of the barkers and stuff at old carnivals and stuff, when they try to like, they're they're trying to sell something to you, and they tell you a story. Come and see the blah blah blah, blah you know, blah 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 blah. And if they don't, if they if they were like, come and see, na na, uh, I can't tell the story very well, so don't come and see it. You know what I mean? It would just be. <laughs> That's right. So if you want to be a barker at a carnival, have good stories. Barkers? I think so. Yeah. All right. So. According to theartofcharm.com, Art of Charm. The, one of the key things, and I saw this in several articles, it's about in, uh, injecting emotion into stories. That's what really sets a good story apart. So two people can tell the exact same story and have completely different results. And what makes the difference is the emotion that the storyteller puts into the narrative. Mm-hmm. So every story sort of has an emotional core. So you know, how the storyteller themselves feel about the events that they're describing. So when you're telling the story, you should be thinking about that, thinking about how you felt when this actually happened. Right. So what was motivating you or what troubled you? How did you feel about your surroundings? Um, How do you feel now about what happened then? And if you can sort of express that while you're telling the story, um, your listeners are more likely to hang on every word. Yeah, that's true. You know, another thing that I was thinking about, too, when it comes to storytelling is that uh, there's no need for unnecessary details. Well, so, I'm going to probably cover some of that. A oh, bit. you are? Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Honestly, that's okay. I, I don't can, see. This is can I bring it up and then we can just talk about can, it now? Yes. Because like if you were saying something like, yes, okay, so there I was on my way to my grandmother's house. 
And it's well, you know where Winslow Street and Charlotte meet, and but there's that alleyway that you can walk down, like in and then. Oh like, yeah, when people get into like the tangents those steps of tangents. that are like broken and stuff, and you got to watch the, every third step so you don't fall on your face, and and it, all these unnecessary details ruin a story. And I've seen so many stories get ruined doing that, and I just did it just now. So <laughs> well, it's and there are people who can go off on a tangent and bring it back around. Yeah. But then there are the people who never come back and you feel like you've just been left hanging yeah. there. And that that's a horrible feeling. I guess every single detail in a story should be pertinent to the story itself. I think that's a, a safe bet. So you have to skip that one. Sorry. No, no, no. That's okay. I just, uh, you know, this is the, the fun thing about podcasting is that we sometimes just have to jump wing around it. a little bit. We just have, we to, just wing have to wing it a little bit. So... Back to the idea of around um, putting emotions into the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Structurally, you should find some opportunities to, you know, where you can naturally put those feelings in. So, you know, uh, when you're basically, you might take a pause and just say, "I, I couldn't believe it or... At this point, I was oh, feeling, yeah. you know, excited so or there I was, terrified. Sweating like it. Right? Yeah. Um, and there's a quote that says, I don't know who said this, but, you know, you basically you have to be interested to be interesting. So you have to be interested in your own story. Yeah. If you're not interested, your listeners won't be. So you have to, you know, If you have a boring, monotonous approach to your story, it's not going to be interesting to somebody else. Another important part about telling a story is just really knowing your narrative. So every story is really just a sequence of events, you know, whether you're reading it or you're telling it, but it needs to be told in the right order and extraneous information, like the details you talk, like, you know, yeah. when you go off on a tangent, just, it slows the story down. So people are sort of left wondering, like, what's the ultimate point of the story, right? That's what happens to yeah, me. They I'm lose interest. Like, mm. okay, you're talking with broken stairs. This I don't is all even of know a what sudden, was happening at the beginning. A waste of time. And so you need to really know what, what's essential about your story. What do you need to get across? So you got to think about, you know, what the main event is. Mm-hmm. But remember that your story starts before the main event. Right. So, you know, why were you in that situation to begin with? So what's some key information that your audience may need to appreciate the rest of the story? And that's really where the story begins. So you sort of, you need to tee it up. Give yeah. it a little bit of background, context. And then start going into your your sequence of that's right. Of, so of events. with our canoe story, we'd be like, we just met. We just were dating for like two weeks, and we decided they were to go kayaks, on this trip. Honey. Yeah. Were you even there? What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> this whole story. Did I say canoe? Did I say canoe? <laughs> yes. I'm just I meant kayaks. This whole story is a lie. I'm getting you riled up so I can have a break to take a drink. I'm a lie. All right. <laughs> I'm a lie. But yes. And you need to think about sort of the logical order of, of the, you know, how you're going to tell your story. And that's really the framework of, of your narrative. And then you begin filling it in. So you think about who else is involved in your story. What does the listener need to know and understand about the other characters or the other people that are involved in mm-hmm. your story? And really, you know, fleshing out the other people can make your story more compelling because it may be, you know, maybe there are characteristics of the other people involved that the listener may relate to that's right and if they you know can relate to those in the story they have more of a vested interest in paying attention that's right i was laid back in the kayak and you were kind of really concerned about a lot of different things (laughs) but the weather so it goes with our life yeah (laughs) so most stories do follow a general pattern you starting with the background 
how the story started. Then there's sort of some, some sort of event that triggers a story to begin. And, you know, as with most good stories, you should have a, a little bit of a, a rise in the action to get to that eventual climax or peak of excitement. And right. then, you know, you basically, you talk about the consequences of the story or, or sort of uh, the denouement. And the that's denouement. sort of the, the, the denouement. Yeah. The, as the French say. Yeah, the look back, like the, you know. Is that how you say it's denouement, right? I don't know. Sometimes I look at words and I, I yeah. wonder whether I'm Sounds just good making to me. up new pronunciation. Because I, I look at them and I'm like, that's a French word, but maybe there's an English way to say it. Like hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. When you look at the French yeah. version, like if you, hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. What was that word in the in the previous podcast? <laughs> where that, where am I? What's happening? <laughs> in the previous co- podcast that was French, do you remember? It was like uh, oh, I, I can't, can't, I can't recall. I can't say genre. 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 Yeah, you never genre. say you never say because genre. You never say genre. It's that's right. I can never remember how to say it in yeah. English. Yeah. For whatever reason. That's funny. Because I have there's things about me that are. See, no, that's a good story about and that you. That is one of them. That's a good story about you. Yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah, that kept people. <laughs> people just yeah, very they're attentive. Hitting, they're they're downloading other podcasts. Oh, as they're speak. like, whoa! If there's any other stories just like this, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me listen to episodes one through sixty nine. What a riveting thing! Are we on episode sixty nine right now? I think we're on episode seventy now. Whoa! Seven zero. Seven zero. All right, so. Above all, your narrative, your story needs to keep moving forward in some way, even when it takes a step back, yes. which we've just done. Um, it still needs to have that same sequence of events. And, you know, building tension, um, if the emotion is what draws the listener in, it's the narrative that keeps them wanting more. Right. So, you know, you, you've got to structure it correctly so that, you know, the listener will want to know what happens next. Just like watching a movie or reading a book, you know, that same type of structure. Mm-hmm. And... The whole reason that we're telling a story is it's not really about hearing, listening to ourselves talk. It's to create a connection it's between conveying. ourselves and our listener, right? Yes. It's sort of... Um, it's communication with other people. It's building that, rapport. It's how we develop relationships. But it's supposed to be entertaining, too. It's almost like while you're telling a story, you are like a five or ten minute sitcom. You know, and you just like you just present yourself and you, you're a character and you go through all these trials and tribulations and then it ends. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. If you think about it, you know, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is for me one of the most amazing storytellers ever. I'm just going to say, you know. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to read great stories, check out some Edgar Allan Poe. I honestly didn't even realize that he wrote a bunch of stories. I thought he was just a poet. The Cask of Amontillado is an amazing story. Okay. Yeah. But, it, you know... He... Quoth the raven nevermore. Yes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But anyway... Like... Okay. Is it nevermore or evermore? Quoth uh, the ra- raven nevermore. Nevermore, I do believe. Nevermore. Okay. Or evermore. I'll have I to don't check that know. Simpsons episode I don't know. See. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> One of their Halloween specials covered it. Um, but yeah, it's about building that connection with the listeners. So... And basically, the higher level of self-disclosure that you provide in the story, it's the deeper connection you're going to have with your listeners. Absolutely. So once again, I, a, a lot of this is from... Um, yeah, where are you uh, getting a, all this information? Well, this one's a, it was a great... It's a great website called um, artofcharm.com. So Art if you want to be charming... 
So I want to give credit where credit was due. This is a really great article on uh, on storytelling. But there's three basic levels that they cover that you can uh, to help you get a feel of what you're getting yourself into in terms of disclosure. So when you're thinking of levels of disclosure, there's light disclosure. And that involves amusing anecdotes about yourself and the world around you. It tends to be brief, um, clearly mm-hmm. defined beginning, middle, and end. Um, you know, I, I went to the store and this funny, quirky thing happened sort of thing. Yeah. Um, tends to be quick, little anecdote, but something funny or interesting uh, that happens in the course of your everyday life. Right. Then there's a sort of a medium level of disclosure where things get a little bit more serious because it, it involves maybe your beliefs or opinions or ideas about the world. So you're okay. revealing a little bit more about who you are as a person. Absolutely. Um, it's a bit riskier because, you know, there's someone die. out there that you that could be affected by that right. or uh, disagree with that. But I, I tend to like that idea. The yeah. idea, well, I think so. I mean, it, so it, medium disclosure is thought to be best after you've already established some sort of rapport with your listeners. Um, then mm-hmm. you feel reasonably safe that even if they don't agree... Um, they won't be looking for the nearest exit is how they put it. But I mean, it kind of goes with, um, you know, they give you the benefit of the doubt, even if they don't agree with this, they understand, they know you well enough from other, you know, yeah, involvement, like other stories or other experiences with your personality that this is just, you know, one story. It's right. not a reflection on everything. And if they don't agree with it, doesn't mean they don't like you as a person. So there's sort of that, that medium disclosure level. And then the, the riskiest is when you get into a heavy disclosure. Right. So this is where you start to share your fears and your insecurities, your failures. Um, and, you know, with heavy disclosure, you might come across as being needy or validation seeking. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, you know, and your listeners <laughs> might 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 laugh at you rather than with you. Hopefully not so. Um, Some storytellers like it when people laugh at them. Well, it's uh, yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, there are a lot of uh, comedians that are... Self-depreciating humor. Yes, absolutely. It, it's know? a very common form of comedy. There's a lot of comedy. of comedy that is based around that. And actually... I would have to say that everybody enjoys it. I, I would I would like to think, anyways, everybody enjoys it when they can, we can watch somebody make fun of themselves in a funny way. That's yes. good storytelling. I, I yes, I I enjoy that. I, you know, the the light disclosure piece makes me think of, you know, if we're relating it to comedy, I would think of like Jerry Seinfeld. Right. When he talks about, you know, the funny things that happen in everyday life. Yeah. But he's not so much, you know, disclosing any of his own personal vulnerabilities. Absolutely not. He never, he very rarely does. He doesn't get into things that are controversial. And so it is relatively light. But I also think about the benefits of heavy disclosure. I mean, we're very much in the age of, uh, you know, people seeing strength and vulnerability and putting themselves out there. Yeah. So I think that. I, I know I personally enjoy listening to podcasts where people do lay it out there on the line and they are, it's raw and it's real Me and too. it's not just the surface, surface stuff, the superficial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a risk, but then the reward is great. You know, the greater oh. the risk, the greater the reward. Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Somebody said that. I like, I like that idea. And you know what I think we should do is when we should take all these tips, right? And then... Maybe in a future podcast, we should exercise all these tips in a story. You tell a story, and I'll tell a story. I thought we could actually end this oh, podcast with perhaps oh, okay. Are trying we gonna... to retell that story from the beginning. Both of us or just one of us? 
Like, well, are we gonna? Are you gonna tell? We can part? do rock paper scissors. Oh, I think you should do it. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, in terms of the levels of disclosure, for the most part, uh, according to that particular article, uh, where they talked about disclosure, is if you're, you know, if you're out at a bar or at a business event. Uh, where you're just networking and you're meeting people for the first time, that light level of disclosure is probably where you want to stay, like in the realm of uh, oh, maybe it, and maybe a little bit to medium self-disclosure once you started to make a connection. Oh, if no. you didn't, it would be funniest I know, if you're watching a movie who, and someone who, just started like, you know, saying the third part of the story, whatever it was it called. So there's the light story, then there's the middle one, and then where's... Oh, you know, I mean, it's just like the level of disclosure. Level of disclosure. So, like, so for instance, it would be like you just meet somebody, and then all right. of a sudden they're telling you about, you know, would, their childhood, you know, yeah. issues. Or, so there I was. I just pooped my pants, and, <laughs> and you know, just on from there, you know. Um, but heavy disclosure is probably, for the most part, if you want to play it safe, it's best to keep it right. with people right. that you know really, really well. Yeah, you're right. Who are trusted, or people that you want to build that relationship with. That's a way to really get a close connection with people. I know a lot of times when you're building new relationships or friendships, when you start to have those deeper conversations yeah. where you're really, uh, you know, that's what undercover police officers do when they're trying to infiltrate the mob. <laughs> you know, they do. They start like they start light and then like, Hey, get a little bit more heavier stories. And where then... do you get those little baggies? You sell that weed in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's Saturday Night Live. That was a yeah, great but skit. how much are they in? <laughs> How do you we, figure out the pricing yeah, model on this? It was so funny. That was so funny. <laughs> All the little things you don't think about, the heavy heavy decisions in, mm-hmm. in illegal drug trafficking. Um, so the, I guess one of the main things around storytelling is just practicing, practicing the craft of storytelling. Okay. And they actually do give out in this, uh, in this article some ideas around how to do that and you can actually list out, spend some time doing the homework and list out some of the favorite stories you tell about yourself. You know, just and then title embellish them. them. Like, we might title this one Kayak Story. Yes. But pick what it is and then list out what the important elements are of that story. Like what jumps into your head when you think about it. Write them down in the order that makes sense. I wonder if there's an optimal uh, length for a story when you're telling it. I didn't really see anything around yeah. that. I mean, you don't want to I go think on when for people days, start falling but... asleep, you're, you've probably passed the... Yeah the point of of uh of length but i think anything that's too short doesn't allow you to build in that emotional component and exactly. to actually build suspense and, and that's what we're all going for <laughs> so yes um just getting back to the idea of so practicing write down the elements of the story and then you know ask yourself how did you get into the situation what's the backstory around it what's the framework and then everything else you just kind of fill in the meat around the bones right and just practice telling the story um, without looking at the notes that you've written down. Uh, you can even try practicing it with a loved one if they have a lot of patience to listen to the same story. Or in a mirror. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you practice speeches or, or anything yeah, like that. It right? really is. But if you do have some key stories that you do that you tell often, and you know, if you're somebody who's networking a lot, meeting a lot of new people, it may be helpful to spend the time like you would practice a speech. Uh, and it makes you it, way more likable. You, you don't want to do it to the point that it becomes robotic and almost like you are reading from a script. But you don't if, want to be that guy in the room where it's like, oh man, he's going to tell a story, isn't he? I don't want to hear any more of his stories. They're so boring. 
And that's, that's usually me. <laughs> well. No, saying that, not telling the story. I, I say that about, you know, get out of here. You, you tell crappy stories. Get out of here. I know. You're really hard to that's get along me. with. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So many Another people. sidebar. Um, but th- we, we talked about stories being a lot like jokes or comedy. And really, they're, you know, it's, it's trying them out. Trying them in different ways. See what works. Pay mm-hmm. attention to your audience. Like, really look for those vis- visual cues of whether do they seem interested. What, where did you lose them if they, if they did lose interest? Pay attention to the tone of your voice. You yeah. know, that'll help people respond. Obviously, if you're monotonous in your tone, then people are more likely to tune out and they won't even know when you're reaching the climax of the story because it literally all sounds the same. It's funny that we, you say that because a lot of the comedians that we really like, case in point, Jim Gaffigan, when he does, he he's just telling stories, but he does it from the different perspectives. He's not just saying, oh, and then they said this. He actually changes where he stands and is that person. And then he goes back and be, and is the person that that person is talking to like right. it's, it's really it's a re, it's like a it's like theater really so if you can make your stories more like 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 a theater like you know like a play like an actor well and those they he's like well rehearsed right yeah. i think the people who do it the best are the people who make it seem as though it's off the cuff yeah. but you know that he's retur- rehearsed that same story to make it seem natural that, yeah that's and, truly what he does you know, he like just he tells just, stories about his life but they're funny and then he really polishes it off with how he presents it which is all the attributes of a good storyteller i would say so just to recap some of the main principles around yeah. storytelling, some of the don'ts would be um, don't assume that you're not a good storyteller because we all have it in us to become good storytellers. You just have to practice. Even you, listener. Even you. Even me, speaker. Even. So, uh, <laughs> And then uh, another don't would be, you know, um, don't give yourself the starring role. It's important to talk about the other people in the story. Otherwise, it's just yeah a trump story that's right (laughs) you don't want to come across as a narcissist right and don't overwhelm your story with the unnecessary details which you talked about going off on tangents and things that really just don't contribute to anything don't do it people don't do it the overall narrative as far as the do's consider your audience so always think of them yeah think about what's going to work best with them do it um do another do is to find inspiration from your own life experiences those are the you know those true stories are the best stories to tell yeah and then and then finally is to just pay attention to the great storytellers around you like Edgar Allan Poe oh well he's not really well I mean you could have his book no but even we all like Andre we start out our buddy Andre yeah Andre's a great storyteller he tells stories that will have people in stitches like it, it, it you know it's he's a really funny uh entertaining storyteller i would say and he always has been and we all have andres in our life if we're lucky yeah (laughs) so pay attention when you're when your friends are that are the good storytellers just pay attention listen to the story too but pay attention to what they're doing and and what draws you in and what uh and then also helpful is always paying attention to the ones that aren't the great storytellers and try to figure out what you know talk to them afterwards and tell them about all their mistakes (laughs) (laughs) you know when you're telling that story yeah, we didn't need the details about uh, yeah, the stairs. Yeah, let's do a little debrief on our casual conversation we just had. And yeah. now you Come lost on. me at the stairwell. Yeah. So, Jeff and I were... Uh, yeah, what were... What? We had just started dating after meeting online, and, and we decided that we were going to uh, take a little kayaking trip. Yeah, in Maine. In Maine. I'll, I'll be that guy who just, like, you know... 
who just interjects with just like a couple words during your story. Keep, keep going. Yeah, you're, you're really great. helping with the flow. Of you're the, really doing great. great story. Okay, so and there we were. I know, and we were both probably pretty nervous because it was our, you know, we were just still oh. getting to know each other, and neither of us, I think, were strong yeah. kayakers at all. No. And we found this little excursion, a little group. I think I just Googled it online, and I saw it was really cheap price. I'm like, it was cool. let's go for it. It's close it. to where we were staying. Yeah, so we drove up the road, and the guy said, you know what? It's uh, it's not instructor-led. You're just going to uh, hop in these kayaks. There's actually nobody else in the group. And, You're uh, the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, you know, the guy was just typical, like... I don't, he did not seem like a, a kayaker. He just seemed like a guy who yeah. had some kayaks. And you know, and I decided remember, to post a website online. And that's right. And I remember the sky was nice and blue, and it was sunny when we got into the kayak. Yeah, I was yeah. really excited. It was a really beautiful day, I, when we were just like getting to know one another. I thought we were also going to get to know some other people. Yeah, me too. Then it was just us. But yeah. then I thought, you know, it'll be great. We'll get to know one another. Yeah, so we and, get into the kayak. Yeah, and I start. Know, Paddling let away. me know that you couldn't really swim. Yeah, that's the first thing I said as we did our first paddle. I was like, I can't swim, by the way. And I get that first little, like, yeah, little, tinge of. Yeah, that little in the pit of your stomach that right. says something ominous is about to happen. And I remember the clouds yeah. kind of coming in. Uh, yeah, like we, we had been kayaking for about, about two minutes, three minutes, and then all of a sudden the storm started to brew. And then I started to like just recap all these Reader Digest stories that I've read yeah. about lightning and we thought hitting we were going people to be. and on the water. And then we got near the end of our podcast and ran out of time. So thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> no, it, it it just it doesn't go anywhere. We found the little spot we were supposed to go. We got out of the kayak and everything was fine. But we were kind of freaked out. Yeah, we both lived to tell the story. And now we're telling it again. And we actually told it in tandem. Like, we did. That no. was, you know. Tag team storytelling. Tag. That's for another podcast. That's next level storytelling, people. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till Til next time. time.